0: Okay, so Pete, would you rather play this game or would you rather have some cake and eat it too? Oh,
1: interesting. French uh, phrase there, I think. Is that tr- truly a French phrase? I don't know. Are you thinking of Marie Antoinette? Let them eat cake, or are you? <laughs> uh oh, let them eat cake. <laughs> okay, now hold on. Now that I might be that might be the French phrase that you're thinking of, honestly. Yes. But I do I do love the idea that have your cake and eat it too is is not french and that you walk around thinking it is french so i'm gonna go with that <laughs> to can
2: play that game
1: hey i'm pete Steele,
0: and i'm andrew miller and welcome to Two can play that game the podcast for people who
1: have one friend if you have more than one friend this podcast is not for you no, no, no. Uh, it's like, uh, hey there, partner, this town ain't big enough for you and all
0: your friends. You know, just, just... Yeah, good point. We're just having a showdown in the Wild West or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew's got the sh- big sheriff star. Yes. Pinned to his, uh, pinned to his shirt, his flannel. <laughs> That's right. Do they wear flannel in the old days? I can't... I'm trying to picture a cowboy or a sheriff or whatever. Was it just a block color shirt or was it like... Was there a pattern on there? Uh, Yeah, I guess... Do you call that... Well I guess flan- flannel is a material. Plaid is the pattern. Plaid is yeah, flannel would be hot. So that brings so then the that desert. that separates this into two questions, Andrew. One question is do you think the cowboys wore flannel? And then the next question is, no. do you think that they wore plaid? Possibly. I think it's no so and then maybe. It was no and possibly. Yes. That's my final answer. Plaid probably came from. Doesn't it seem like plaid? Didn't plaid come from like Scotland or something like that, or just you see it on those kilts or whatever? Yeah, that's. I mean, clan colors. Like there are there there are literally all the um the tartan colors. I think is uh, man. I am out of my depth now when I use the <laughs> word tartan, but I I've I have heard tartan before. All all the all the plaid I think is associated with clans. You know what I mean? Because like my my mom my mom's uh. Uh, well I'm not gonna give you my mother's maiden name. Never mind. All these <laughs> sickos at home ready to <laughs> ready to ready to answer all my <laughs> security questions. All right. Well Pete listen. what's the name of your what's
0: the name of your first pet and uh, Yeah, what, good what, point. Let what me was talk your about high my school favorite mascot? high school teacher
1: and yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, suffice <laughs> to say, listen. <laughs> maternal uh, grandmother i've learned that there are that are clan like uh you know last names that represent clans from like scotland and ireland and stuff like that and they are associated with you know patterns of of plaid you know what i mean man i almost
0: i've been trying for years that's the only reason i'm friends with you i almost got into your bank account yeah but, oh well, i'll try you and again. were
1: so close to be you're so close to being able to log into my um i don't even know what you'd log into um Farmers only account or whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so close. My you, my Club Penguin account, and you could finally, Yo. <laughs> uh, play Mancala as a you know yes. as a penguin with uh, with aviator sunglasses and a, a skateboard or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Popcorn in his hand. I have never played Club Penguin, but I would assume uh, I would have fun customizing my penguin. I'm just a mole for the FBI. I'm finally gonna be able to pin it on you by logging into your <laughs> yeah. Club Penguin account. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The FBI has been after me ever since that one time on Club Penguin. You know? Right, exactly. I just need the evidence. Well, Andrew, today we're talking about <laughs> Carcassonne the Castle, <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today. So tune in next well, time. Well, folks, I got one. We got one minute left, so let's give it our quick wrap <laughs> up here, Andrew. Not just <laughs> Well, Andrew, the game that you and I are going to talk about for a little while before we get back to Club Penguin is called Carcassonne (laughs) the Castle. And eagle-eared listeners are going to say, huh, well, is that related to the Carcassonne family of games? Yeah, it is, you dumb-dumb. Why'd you even ask?
0: You know what I mean? Clearly it is. Much like last week when we did that... Wait, wait, I can't remember. What did we do last week? (laughs) We did some game that was... uh, (laughs) Agricola. uh, Agricola. That's right. All creatures big and small, right? So this is a two-player version of another game that was for more than two players so it's very similar to that that's right that's right a
1: huge hit that already existed and yes. then they spun off a two-player version of it and hey andrew much like that game did we also really like this one i don't know time's gonna tell mm. you know what i mean we'll find out i don't know I don't know. Roughly an hour's worth of time will tell. know what I mean? I will say
0: that uh, Pete and I are big fans of Carcassonne, the original. I mean, we had always played that. We've been playing that one for years, Carcassonne.
1: Yeah. I mean that one is always fun. We, I think you own all the expansions, Andrew. Do you not? Because yeah. one time we played them all in one night, or at least in one week, maybe over the course. I don't think of we a could week. jam them all into a night, but over the course of a week, we played every single one of them. That was um, kind of. Fun. And then we, didn't we? Didn't we build them on each other, or did we like? Did we add them on and right. stack them, or did we do them? individually
0: no no we stacked them so it was fun i I remember that week we did like the original game the first night and then the next night we stacked on the first expansion and then you added in the second one so by the end you were playing with seven expansions on there or something like that so holy moly uh, yeah i don't i don't own all of them but i own most of them i think it it got a little too expensive there at the end carcassonne is the game that i probably spent the most uh, money on in my collection for sure besides yeah. all,
1: all those copies of candy land that i own uh that's right. number one well it got and it got a little wacky at some point too i think it spun off into like one time i think they did like sheep and shepherds and stuff like that and it was like all right you know what i mean it was like you what's oh and they did like a circus one at some point it was like okay maybe we can <laughs> slow down a little bit you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yes carcassone or as or as i like to call it sometimes carcass one you know Sure. Um, although the spelling doesn't really work out on that. It's two ends at the end. But I always thought I was super funny calling it Carcass One.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's kind of like Rogue One, Carcass Yeah, it's one.
1: funny, Andrew. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Yep.
0: Anyway, uh, Pete, speaking of good ones, don't you think we should uh, each try and sum this game up in one sentence here?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: One sentence explanations. Okay, let's do it. Uh, if I had to sum up Carcassonne the Castle... In one sentence, I'd probably say that this is a game that's based on the popular game of fields, roads, and castles, but zoomed in on life inside just the castle, which coincidentally is just more
1: fields, roads, and castles. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's, that's a very good point. That I think that was a run on sentence, but we'll allow that. I know. No, no, no. It I'm, had not, a, I'm not a, a
0: grammar freak over here. You know what I mean? Well, I have not written. You can't see I have it written down. There's actually a. Uh, I believe there's a semicolon uh, in that semicolon, which, and then comma.
1: That that semicolon, you know, uh, uh, sweating, working overtime to keep that yeah. sentence together. You know what I mean? The Spider-Man <laughs> meme of uh, of the of web <laughs> holding together the two sides of that sentence. That oh, semicolon. I'm gonna go.
0: I'm gonna go on Twitter right now and just put a semicolon right on uh, right on Spider-Man and just tweet that out. See if that's actually it. pretty good. It's a good um, one, right? Yeah it's pretty good It's pretty good all the english uh nerds
1: out there are just going to be liking it and retweeting they'll be it loving it yeah they'll be loving it andrew my one sentence summary for uh, carcass on the castle is a tense duel between two absolutely insane architects <laughs> yeah the you know you got to take the role of, of an architect gone mad in this one because you're literally you're like I'm going to just build another square wing on this. And now I'm going to make it shaped like a W. And now I'm going to make it shaped like a, you know. <laughs> I was trying to figure out for my one sentence, I was trying to figure out how I could make some sort of joke
0: about how it's like an architect who does all of their work uh, by random, randomly deciding what to build next. You know, like, it's
1: like, okay, what should yeah. I design? You know, it's it's like... They, yeah, yeah. There's no... You're, the way you're building... The structures in this particular game, there is no rhyme or reason to it, and it's purely uh, you know, shooting from the hip, you know what I mean? And so right. you end up with some pretty crazy buildings, baby. Hey, for people who have no idea still what we're talking even after
0: those great descriptions, um, shouldn't we describe the game a little bit here for those people maybe who aren't
1: totally familiar? All right, Andrew, I guess. Twist my arm. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, Carcass in on- Carcass the Castle is, like you said, you zoom in on, instead of building an entire countryside worth of castles and fields and roads and things and cities and things of that nature you instead build the inside of a castle the inside the walls of a castle i should say yes um so this game actually has a border around it so unlike regular um, basic carcassonne where you can just go in any direction you want, just keep building in that direction if you so desire. You can build off your table, um, right. as frustrating as that might be. That has in this happened. One, yeah. There is a an actual border piece pieces technically that you put together, and it's the same shape every time you play. Yeah. So there is a border around the pieces that you play, and um, honestly, you play from the outside in. So, um, so that's very different, first off. So. Basically, you have little tiles, a tile-laying game, right?
0: And you have tiles that are all shuffled up, and you just take turns picking one up and flipping it over, and then placing it down, and it has... Are there three things? Or, uh, no, there are... In this one, there are four things, right? We have the roads, we have the... Fields and are called fields. What are they called in this one? Courts. Courts. The castle court. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and there are the
1: towers, and then there are the houses, right? Exactly. So you're the tile that you have will have any any mixture of those um, houses, mm-hmm. towers, roads, courts. And you put a
0: meeple on the. Um, you can put a meeple on the tile that you just played to like claim that that structure uh, or that right. uh, court, and then uh, you know you just keep on adding tiles, and at the end you. You get a score, or if you finish a structure, you get a score. You move your little meeple along the uh, scoreboard, which is on the castle border wall
1: that Pete was describing earlier. Right. Every um, every structure or road or feature, let's just call it, has its own intrinsic value. And um, the roads, the towers, the houses, they can all be completed at some point during the game if you play your cards right. You can take your meeple that you use to claim it back and use it again. And then move along the score track. Um, in the courts, if you want to claim that, your uh, your meeple's going to lay down in there and just stay there the whole game.
0: So you uh, hardcore Carcassonne fans out there are probably saying to yourself, hey, this sounds exactly the same as Carcassonne, which is what I thought, too, the first time I read these instructions. But there's a cool other element to this, right, Pete?
1: There are some other features here, Andrew. One of the main features is that the the castle border wall yes. um, that makes up the border for the game is also the victory point track. Um, so it starts at one and goes to 99, I think, basically. Yeah. So you use that for scoring, but you also... This game who, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but was co-designed by um, Rainier Nitsia, who we've talked about some games from before renowned designer so he added some extra elements in it that people who are really into the gaming world might say oh that's that's a real Nietzsche touch basically including there are bonus tiles that are randomly generated at I'd say like every is it what do you think like every five points or so or maybe every 10 points or so there's a bonus tile it's about every 10 points but but it's funny because sometimes they're grouped together like there's
0: two together and then it'll be like 10 Very spaces close. it'll be like one, and, and then, then it, mm-hmm. you know.
1: So it's it's not right. evenly spaced out through the whole... Right, which is another very interesting turn for it. And the idea is the first person to hit that spot on the scoring track gets that tile. They don't show it to the other person. It just affects the outcome of the game because it affects the point scoring at the end. So it might be like, hey, you can actually score your unfinished houses, in this game, which is huge, because um, unlike Carcassonne, in this one, if it's unfinished, like an unfinished house or an unfinished tower or an unfinished road, you don't get any score. In in the in the base Carcassonne, you get like a a smaller diminished score for unfinished ones, but in this one, nothing. So if you so getting the bonus tile that lets you score those at the end is huge. Or it might say, um, hey, you know, like the the fields that in this one is called the uh, courts are are worth double or something like that. So. Right. Your opponent does not know what you have gotten from that bonus, so until the end, so that's a really cool reveal at the end. I love that. I know. I know. Listeners, you do. <laughs> listeners of this show will know that I love stuff like that, like stuff at the end. Yes. Like, whoops! Yes, whoops! Yes, yes.
2: Actually,
0: I won. You know, it's like
1: I love that. And this also changes the strategy because it, you want to try to be the first one to get these bonus tiles most of the time. So you're kind of in a race to get that, but to get them you have to start scoring some points. However, here's the other main difference in this game. It's a little bit harder to close off all these buildings and roads in this game than it is in the base game. So yeah, you could go a long time without scoring if you wanted to. Because in this game, Andrew, when you're laying down tiles, pretty much the only thing that has to match up perfectly are the roads. Yeah. Like in Carcassonne, the end of a road on a tile has to meet the end of a road on another tile. Like, the roads have to line up. But the main difference here is a house can butt up right next to a tower. Basically, the houses and towers take up one quarter of the tile, one square, whether it's the northeast you know, um, southeast, northwest, or southwest quadrant of the tile. So you can start building towers or houses square by square, and they can butt up right next to um, a a square that's the complete opposite style. Like a tower can be right next to a house square, etc. And um, I know from the reviews that that just freaks a lot of people out because they're so used to the <laughs> like the cities having to line up exactly you know what i mean right from the base carcassone. yes and things of that nature but uh but it that the way of doing that you you basically build these almost tetris looking buildings you know what i mean because they can be in l shapes they can yeah. be just a single square that you can have a tower that's just one square you know what i mean or you can have a house that's just one square and it's surrounded by tower just because of the way that you maneuver all the tiles around it which is a very interesting idea too but what this also means, Andrew, is that now, now you have this geometric shape, Tetris-like shape, that has to be closed off on all sides because technically the options for building on it exist on every single side of, of the existing building. You know what I mean? So it yes. just makes it harder to close off the actual buildings, the, the houses and the towers that way. So you have to be really crafty about figuring out when you want to close it off and how you can close it off to start getting points on the board, to start getting around the track to start getting the bonus tiles so it's a it's a it's a definitely a different gameplay for sure well like i was
0: saying in the beginning when i first read the instructions to this i said oh this is this is essentially the same as carcassonne but it really it has a little bit of a learning curve with the uh with how to play because (laughs) the first time we played i was really like you said it's hard to close off some of these structures and and you're just not realizing oh wait this is going to go on forever if i don't you know, close this off here.
1: Yeah, I remember putting a... Uh, and it's true with the roads as much as it is with the structures, too. It's I remember true. putting a road down and being like, ha, 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 look at this. Now this is a four-way fork for this road. So many more opportunities to score. And then a minute later, I looked down and I said, wait, I got to close off every single part of this road. You know what I mean? Like like now, that, now this road right. branches off in three other directions that I have to close off all three to, to score this one. And I went, oh my God, I got to focus on that now. Like I got to completely, you know... Right. So it it it, ta- it takes time and and some real tactics and strategic thinking to to realize how you want to set these buildings and roads up so that you don't let them get so large that you can't close them off basically because then like I said you don't get no points if it's still in progress at the end of the game so and especially if you're like Pete and I who've spent you know
0: an entire week playing Carcassonne and its expansions you, your your brain has to be retrained for this one.
1: So which is not a bad thing. it's just right. dif- it's just uh, just different. It's That's not like a bad thing no Everyone, there's a lot of people online who try to act like it's a bad thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Andrew, it's not a bad thing. They're big babies. <laughs> they should get their diaper changed. It's totally fine for this to be a Carcassonne game that simply plays a little differently. Right, and I th- I thought that was great actually because I was a little going into this game I was a little bit like oh it's
0: just going to be the same exact thing but it's it's different it yes. is a different game so it's it requires a different it plays strategy.
1: very different it plays very different and so
0: yeah yeah I mean it's got the same idea same objective but um it's it's a little different different strategies employed for
1: sure and personally I think it, it works great but we'll oh, get yeah. into more of that later. Yeah, that's that good. that's essentially it. You are you are you set up the castle walls and then you start building the inside of the castle which includes the courtyard, the roads that cut through it, the towers inside and the houses inside and you do that tile by tile until the <laughs> game's over and then you see how you know how many people which person claimed you know the most valuable stuff by the end. And
0: I'll say, you always see castles, I, I told you this when we were playing, I always think of a castle, I guess like I'd seen it in a cartoon, it's like, it's just like a fortress, but really it's, a castle I guess is more like a wall that's around a town, because inside of the castle there are like right. different houses and buildings,
1: so it's, it's. I think it's actually right. A castle realistic. Well, it's usually like a collection of a few different main structures that like the king uses, or whatever the royalty uses, and then like an, an entire city built around it. Right. Right. And then walls built around that. So, right, right it's not just... you. Right, you're, you're tempted to think, like, um, like when you pick up, like, a play school castle for your kid or something like that, it's just, like, one tower, basically. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a castle. But really, most of the castles, quote-unquote, were, like, fortified cities. So, right. yeah, it's right. very interesting. Yeah,
0: that was a nice history lesson, Pete. And uh, speaking of history, I did do a little research into the history of this game here carcassonne the castle Ooh. this game was released in 2003 2003 wow pretty old one those at this point.
1: were the days <laughs> cisco at the top of the charts that's you right. know it was the thought well, i'm not gonna get into it um <laughs> everyone everyone was still uh making jokes about furbies which by then were out of fashion i think (laughs) you got me we should oh see that would be an interesting segment like what
0: what else was going on in pop culture at the time the game was released that's hmm, that could be something
1: oh we could work that in next time all right all right anyway (laughs) this yes dude we could like role play as like uh, our the versions of ourselves at the time that the game came out. Uh, i'd rather not role play as my 2003
0: version of myself i was uh (laughs) you know Probably an well, interesting Well, now the audience
1: that needs that. You know what I mean? Now that they hear you say that, <laughs> you're just setting yourself up for a spike there, my
0: friend. Right, right. Anyway, um, like you said, this game was designed by Rayner. <sighs>
1: Nizia? Nizia? I'm not saying that correctly. I would say Nizia. I have no idea. I probably should have looked it up before we did this <laughs> podcast where we're going to say his name multiple times, but... Um... Spelled K-N-I-Z-I-A. We've talked about him before. He's the designer of Lost Cities, that card game that we liked so much. Yes. And also hun-
0: hundreds of other games.
1: Yes. And many, many of them two-player games, Andrew, which is yeah. very important to us. <laughs> On the box, of course, they, they you have to give credit to
0: the original design designer of of carcassonne though klaus Jurgen red ready um not sure w-r-e-d-e yeah another another one we probably should have looked up but that's okay <laughs> he is the guy who designed the the original carcassonne so i'm gonna i gotta backtrack a little bit here that uh carcassonne actually came out in the year 2000 so just a few years before this in one.
1: the year 2000 <laughs> remember that
0: yes <laughs> yes conan party anyway. like it's 1999
1: um our our friend
0: Klaus here got the idea for Carcassonne when he was touring uh, southern France. And there's an actual town, you know, a castle, a real castle in France called Carcassonne. Uh, and so he fell in love with that area. He created the prototype. And he got it published by the German board game publishing company Hans im Gluck. Uh, but it's Rio Grande here in the U.S. That's the company here.
1: Rio Grande. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a very important fact about Carcassonne, which uh, Carcassonne has the distinction of being the first game to ever feature the the shape of the modern meeple that we all know and love so much. This little
1: is this true? The this first is true, meeple, yeah.
0: huh? Yeah, as we know it. Yes, and in fact, it was this game that popularized the term meeple. Ooh! As legend has it, a gamer named Allison Hansel was playing Carcassonne and was calling them My People, and shortened it to Meeple. And the term, wow. that, that's how it started. So this is the first... There were other, of course, you know, you've had wooden figures of people in board games forever. I mean, just look at Candyland.
1: Original wooden wooden Candyland back from the Civil War times.
0: Yeah, when Candyland was all about, like, uh, I don't know, like hard tack and chewing tobacco. That was, like, their candy.
1: There were, there were grown men who were looking across the battlefield at, at the man that they used to play ca- candy land with and, mm-hmm. and then they had to shoot him, you know? Exactly. Um, but guys, you know, this... guys writing letter guys writing letters home to their wives saying today I killed you know, George who I my Candyland playing partner. He, I kill I, I killed him, Dorothy. You know what I mean? Just right. spilling their gut, their hearts out to their, their wives back home. But when you th- <laughs> When you th- right, uh, Ken Burns directed that one. Ken Burns.
0: When you when you think of uh, a meeple, like that, this is the original. This is the game that had that shape, that little kind of short, stout person with the different colors. Yeah. So that's this one. Uh, so the castle, the two-player version, was not a collaboration between these two guys. Uh, Raynor was just a fan of the game, and he yeah. he happened to know the owner of the the publisher, and so. He said to him hey i love this game but the scoreboard is totally useless and don't you think you can incorporate that into the game somehow and make it part of the game and hmm. uh they said no and then he said <laughs> well, he said well i think so i think you could and so they said okay you make it you design it and if it's good then we'll put it under the carcassonne banner and so that's exactly what he did wow so using the the difference like we talk about the main difference here is of course using that scoreboard is you've got to try and you have some incentive to move forward on the scoreboard to get those uh bonus tiles to like you know activate different abilities so right which i think adds a lot of interest and a
1: lot of different strategy to the game which so hats off it's a main part of the strategy i mean you know there's there are i think maybe like eight different um bonuses that it could give you and then there's there's two of each of those you know eight bonuses or whatever you know what i mean so and then you just mix them up randomly and place them out and i think there's five that um get placed back in the box so Mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to get it's different every game what could be under those tiles and you don't know until you land on it and and get it what it is and then it's you know you're going to change your whole strategy for your how you play from there on out and stuff like that it's very cool I absolutely love that. I, I
0: I don't know what other game that reminds me of, but it, that definitely comes up in other games. I just love that. Mm-hmm. There's been one expansion which came out in 2013, so like 10 years later, which I think is a long time before the next expansion for this came out. Unlike Carcassonne, which has a million expansions, this one only has one. It's called the Falcon. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, right? Do we gonna should I save it uh, until later, Pete?
1: Uh, I don't. I mean, we. We can we can talk about it later. You know what? Let's let's do it right now, Andrew. It's a cool it's a cool idea. This this game has one expansion, and the whole expansion is that the prince got <laughs> into falconry, and so suddenly there are these tiles that you can mix in that just have like falcons nests on them. Right. And then for some reason, also abbeys because yeah. they also got deep in religion at the same time too. It's just like what a fascinating idea to zoom in so far on a hobby that the prince starts doing and then that that's the basis of your entire expansion you know what i mean it's very interesting it's yeah. like having a candy land expansion and they zoom in on the sugar drop princess like uh really enjoying karaoke or something like that and that's the <laughs> expansion it's like what it's like what an interesting weird expansion very cool <laughs> i also did
0: just a very brief little bit of uh, research on the history of The real life carcass zone the city in france which is notable for its hilltop fortifications so it's like Mm. this it's this one castle like it looks a lot like this game you know it's like a castle wall on the top of a hill and uh dates back to like ancient roman times uh but people have been settled there for even longer than that it's a world Mm. heritage site it has great images on google if you want to go google it i highly recommend it or even better if you they heavily rely on tourism there with their local economy. So I say if you're visiting France, check out Carcassonne. I'm, I'm going to go there. If I, if I ever go to France, I'm going to insist on visiting this castle. I'm going to drag whoever I'm
1: with. I'm going to be dragging to this castle. I'm looking at the pictures now on Google, Andrew. And it's interesting because I hadn't realized that they based the meeples off the people who live in um, <laughs> this castle. They all, they're all have their hands out stretched, you know, straight right <laughs> uh, to the left and right of their bodies and their legs are split and they just kind of move around like that right <laughs> also they're, all... they're red and blue and uh, green right. yeah.
0: i was gonna say they all wear matching like they all have like like there's a bunch of people mm-hmm. who wear blue shirts and blue pants and then a bunch of people who wear like green shirts and green pants and
1: yeah exactly there was a
0: kid in my high school uh who everybody called i don't even know what his real name was everybody called him match kid because every day he would wear matching. It would be like a red shirt with red pants and red sneakers and red socks. And then the next day it would be like a blue wow. shirt and blue pants and blue sneakers. So he had different colored sneakers. They were like really nice looking too. So everybody called him match truly kid. based. Yeah, that's that's what I'm picturing. So it's in Carcassonne. It's just a bunch of uh, match kids running around. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> That's my review of that kid from my high school. Uh, Speaking of reviews, Pete, why don't you go ahead and review
1: on this?
2: Review on this.
1: Well, okay, Andrew, I'll go ahead and switch from the review of your high school classmates to the reviews of this game. I don't mind if I do, but don't be surprised if we eventually get back to your high school reviews. Um, (laughs) Andrew, I want to read some reviews that exist about this game on the internet, Whoa! and here they are. Hold on a second. Before you get into
0: that, I just realized that Match Kid was probably a thing in 2003. We were talking about... 2003 right when this game came out and i bet he was just basing his, oh he was basing his wardrobe off of the meeples in this game he was just a, a super fan now oh i, I thought you were it.
1: i thought you were about to say he was one of the inspirations for the meeples you oh know what i mean you're like right that maybe correct. he visited maybe he was on vacation in the south of france and he was just standing wait also this was the time period where titanic came out did it not uh, So uh, andrew yeah, I think follow, follow that, yeah, okay. this lead andrew okay Followed. I don't care when Titanic came out. It I think obviously it was 98, came out ninety eight, but I I think so. But perfect. Uh, Everybody okay. loved Titanic for years, Andrew. That's my point. Okay. So here's what happens. Match kid from your high school <laughs> takes vacation south of France to Carcassonne. Right stands up at middle of the courtyard of Carcassonne or whatever, does the scene from Titanic where the, oh. where the hand's out on the bow of <laughs> now, the ship. Now I see, now I see. Guy, you know, Klaus or whatever his name is, Carcassonne guy, walks by, it goes, good, mon Dieu, or whatever. Actually, he's German. He's so German, yeah. Mein, he's, mein, mein Gott, or whatever. Um, <laughs> and he goes, the people in France are... Wild! Look at the Frenchman. He's pointing at Match Kid. You know what I mean? Feverishly, he's writing down notes about how his entire you know outfit is matching or whatever, and the, and he's like drawing his uh, right his tit- <laughs> Titanic movie pose. You know what I mean? And then he goes, "I got to go home and make a board game now." <laughs> Bingo, bango. You know? Wow! You figured it out. You figured it out. Great. Great detective
0: work. this is like uh, that meme. It's like that meme of uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny with all the strings on the, it's like, and he, you know what I'm talking sure. about. You know that meme.
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Andrew, this person gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, traded for colon San Juan. Andrew, okay. uh, he traded a board game for the entire entire capital city of Puerto Rico? Are you kidding me? Just <laughs> I, Okay, okay. Who is this guy, an early colonizer, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then our history books are going to praise him for being cunning or whatever and smart instead of saying that he's evil for, you know, trading the uh, right. and the, of and the, for, the uh, box of Carcassonne was laced with smallpox or something like that yeah something like that yeah no i mean clearly he's talking about the board game san juan but oh come on. oh oh gotcha maybe not maybe he's maybe is that one not for is two is that one not for two players
0: review. is that one for more than two players is that um... san
1: juan's for more than two players so we don't yeah, care. Okay. yeah so, so right. that was a mm-hmm. really bad mm-hmm. trade on this guy's part so horrible trade <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a 5 out of 10. They said, basically a two-player variant of the Carcassonne concept that needs more space for VP tracking. Eh, No, it doesn't. <laughs> Andrew, the VP tracking, like I said, it goes like all the way to 99 or whatever. It goes around the entire border of the castle. Yeah. And then you just simply put your meeple who's used for scoring on his side to denote that it's when it's over 100 they say in the instruction booklet so technically the vp tracking goes up to like 200 and it's like you're probably you're not going to score more than that there it it does not need more room for vp tracking this is just a completely false statement you know what i mean it's like it's like somebody reviewing candyland you know and (laughs) saying candyland ultimately fails because the game board doesn't have enough corners what yes it does (laughs) It does, why would it need more than four corners you know what i mean like it's like it's like what an in- insane thing to say anyway well no this is somebody who is
0: just trying to like over brag it's like yeah I, I i needed more space you know just because i'm just so good at this game
1: right right guy buying a, a magnum condom you know what i mean or <laughs> vibes you know what i mean <laughs> uh first time buying a condom uh yeah i'll take the uh magnums you know what i mean girl behind the counter doesn't give a, a shoot you know what i mean working <laughs> working for a, working for eight dollars an hour and just not even batting an eye <laughs> the guy's like oh that went well you know what i mean anyway <laughs> andrew this person <laughs> gave it a 6.5 out of 10 and they said great two-player version perfect length for after dinner with the spouse Mm-mm. Andrew I don't know somebody referring to their partner as the spouse just doesn't uh-huh. leave a great taste in my mouth you know what I All mean right. I like that it's non-gendered or whatever but it's like what a weird way to refer to your partner it's the uh, spouse hey just go going at going Applebee's with the spouse what well maybe it's not they didn't say that it was their spouse it's like not they didn't say my spouse.
0: Whoa, I so. see
1: what's going on here. That's a good point, Andrew. Uh, yeah. This is this is a this is the tale of a torrid affair. Um, mm-hmm. 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 Th- this
0: is like some sort of code. Maybe this is like a CIA code name or something. Like it's like uh, Vin Diesel in the
1: pacifier. It's like Vin Diesel in the spouse. You know. Okay, you went from affair to Vin Diesel pretty quick. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Vin Diesel. That's a good point. That could also be true. All right, it's either, it's either AshleyMadison.com board game forums, or it's uh, you know, <laughs> fa- Fast and the Furious fan, fan page forum. Andrew, this person gave it a 6 out of 10, and they said, simple enough, but where is the game? And it kind of makes me think, Andrew. Maybe this person like got just the <laughs> rules. You know what I mean. And the rest of the in the game wasn't in the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> huh? Well, I read the I read the rules. You know what I mean? It seems simple, but where where's the game? You know, I don't get it. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> they just didn't figure out that they, <laughs> they didn't get the game. They got swindled. This is the person who traded it for San Juan. They're like, oh, the game's not yes. even. in Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that old that old classic trick of uh, t- you know that you, I never actually saw it actually ever happened but like uh, except in cartoons but putting the quarter in and then there's a string on it you take it back yes. out or whatever right right yeah except that the guys traded this game for san juan and then pulled the string and it took all the game contents back out of the box or something <laughs> like that <laughs> now it's either that andrew or it could be the reverse too maybe they got a copy of the game but there was no rules in it so they were like okay like i get it it's a castle, but now what? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. What's the game? It's just a castle in a, in a bunch of tiles. You know what I mean? It's cut up in a bin, in a bu- into a bunch of tiles. It's like, <laughs> hey, I can, I can make a nice like 2D
0: representation of a castle here, but I don't understand. the what. Where's the game? But yeah, I was I looking for yeah. a board
1: game. You know <laughs> right. Mean? No, I get it. I get it. This person gave it a 7 out of 10, and they said, still on the fence. It's just okay. The tiles not lining up really bothers me about this version. Um, Andrew, I think you'd agree yeah. with me. Try taking it off the fence before you play it then, buddy. You just said it's still on the fence. I doubt it's going to balance very well if it's the game board sitting on a fence, my man. Know what I mean? That's why they're not lining up, yeah. It's it's
0: tough to line up two equally sized squares, you know, with each other. That's tough.
1: (laughs) This guy gave it a 7.4 out of 10. They said, two-player game, short time, limited space on table. Do I need to say more? uh yeah bud yeah you do because i have no idea whether you like the game or not this is a review you know what i mean like <laughs>
0: this was in uh, this was an assignment in uh in high school They're like go on and write a, write a review of carcassonne and the Castles. like all right how much do i have to write here do i have to say any more
1: <laughs> right yeah right right 50 Dog. words or less you know got got back to playing uh uh the simpsons arcade game or whatever i don't know <laughs> all right <laughs> Not something that ever hit a home system, actually, now that I think about it, but. (laughs) All right, Andrew. This person gave it an 8 out of 10, and they said, I think of the Castle and the other Carcassonne games as a visual version of Scrabble. Uh, Scrooge? No, that's, uh, nope, that's, (laughs) what? What the heck is this person talking about, Andrew? I think this person just compares every game to Scrabble. Know what I mean? Like, their review, they got a review that's like, Candyland is... Is like if you just took one letter in Scrabble and then you moved it all around the board of Scrabble. It's like, what? It's like, well, then it's nothing like Scrabble. Targi is like if you had three letters and then you sent those three Scrabble letters out to collect dates. It's like, huh? No, that's nothing. That has nothing to do with Scrabble.
0: Anytime this person sees a square, they're like, oh, this is just like Scrabble. What are you talking about? (laughs) I will say, uh, just a warning, Pete. uh, We may be hitting critical mass here on the Candyland references for one episode. It's uh, no
1: way, dude. Candyland is the is the palate cleanser, Andrew. That's what (laughs) I like to say. It's like taking taking a swig of another game. Uh, I mean, just to cleanse cleanse the palate. I
0: think the chocolate fountain and mud castle or whatever is about to like overload it's like the warning
1: it's like warning <laughs> warning meltdown imminent <laughs> this is the most press that candy has gotten in years, and <laughs> right. years going nuts over there you know what i mean these guys keep <laughs> mentioning us you know and just
0: <laughs> shut down the reactor on the gumdrops <laughs> <laughs>
1: andrew What in the heck is that noise? Oh, right. I forgot what knocking sounds like. Sounds like somebody's at your door, my friend. Okay, let me go
0: check it. This always happens when we're recording. I don't know why. Oh, hey, look who it is. It's Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane.
1: Well, Andrew, luckily for us, it always happens when it's recording. You're right, because it's a segment in our show. So come on in, Dr. Fraser Crane, and help us count down the top ten phrases that you'd hear somebody say while playing this game, Carcassonne, the castle.
0: Number ten.
1: I call this one the long and winding road.
0: Number nine.
1: My road has a fountain next to it, so it's worth double the points. And also, it gets me about 100 pennies that have been tossed into it. Number eight. Number eight. I call this one Strawberry Field. Number seven. Well, it's not my fault that you built a house right where the guards usually pee off of the top of the wall. Number six. I call this one Penny Lane. Number five. I've arranged my towers so that they spell out the word boobs. So an extra five points for me then. Number four. I call this one the Octopus's Garden.
0: Number three.
1: I've decided that all of the markets in my court are selling medieval Funko Pop prototypes. I just wanted to... Make sure you knew that. Number two. I call this one Ticket to Ride. Wait, what game are we playing again? Oh.
0: Number one.
1: Well, tell the squires if they don't want to live in a one-by-one square house, they shouldn't have asked for their houses to be built when I'm one point away from the bonus point style, you fools.
0: Chess break.
1: Yeah, oh. that's right. It's chess break. How about that? I, I'm doing it this time, Andrew. How about right. that? mixing okay. it up. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Who uh, that's you're right. It's ch- it's chess thing. break, uh, and uh, we gotta do our next move in our ongoing game of chess that we play uh, inexplicably uh, in the middle of this podcast episode, Andrew.
0: <laughs> yeah. For anybody who's never listened before, we do play a game of chess very slowly on every episode. And today yeah. it is Pete's your turn. Is that correct?
1: I believe that is true, my friend. Yes, okay. it is my turn. Good. And my move this time, Andrew, is I'm going to be moving my knight from d two to e four. That's right. My oh. knight is going to be taking your knight, my friend. Oh no! Oh, knight for knight. Which, hey, is a classic. What could be more fitting, Andrew? I didn't even think about this until now. For the episode on Carcassonne, the castle, where every tower you build and you put your meeple down on it signifies a knight in the tower. Hey, it's the day of knights, I say. <laughs> or even the night of knights, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, Andrew. Yeah, that's right. It is. It's what- night-a-palooza. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I'm looking here at the board here, you're, it looks like you're about to trade knight for knight, but I'm always skeptical about, well, I have a week to think about this, right, Pete? Do I have to make my move right now?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Andrew, we don't even have time for you to make your move right now, oh. so you might as well not even try it, okay? We gotta Oof. move on, Andrew, get on with this episode. Okay, good. Well, I was trying to already think, how are you trying to trap
0: me here with this if I take your knight, but, well, I'll think about it over the week, Pro- I probably won't, but... All right, uh, we got to get going on here with this show. Uh, So wait, what is that? Is that another interruption in our show, Pete? Come on, we're trying to move this thing along.
1: Sorry, I I didn't turn my ringer off, Andrew. But good thing I didn't because, Andrew, it's time for an acquaintance call in. Acquaintance call in.
0: Okay, everybody. It's time for an acquaintance call-in. That's right. Uh, this is the part of the show where we have you know, somebody call in who I guess you might say is a friend of the show, but mm, that's not really true around here, of course. Uh, it's just an acquaintance, right? Okay. So uh, who we got on the line today? Pete, who's our acquaintance for the day?
1: Hey, Andrew. Today, we're talking with Hugh Aquarola. Hugh, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me excellent thanks for having uh thanks for having us you know what i mean in your in your home digitally the way i like to see the way we, i like to think about it andrew is that we're currently in hugh's home you know what i mean yeah and uh we're walking around digitally using his bathroom digitally um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i gotta we, say hugh don't go in there you know what i mean no I'm just uh, <laughs> we took we took a long flight uh yesterday to get the to we queue.
0: we're gonna yes. record for about 20 minutes now we're gonna sw- i'm gonna fly all the way back and record the rest of this episode
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the audience has no idea uh, where Hugh lives because we haven't told them yet. So they're assuming maybe Hugh lives in maybe Chicago or something like that, Andrew. But uh, I can uh, confirm for them that Hugh does live in Australia, Tasmania specifically, right, Hugh?
2: Yeah, about as far away as it gets.
1: I'll tell you what, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Well, I, I have to, I, you know, as Americans, we have to resist the urge to do any kind of silly joke about uh, Australia. You know what I mean? Because you're so far away to us, it's so foreign Australia that of course we, you know, all sorts of uh, shrimp on the Barbie jokes and everything like that are, are what we grew up with. That was literally our, every movie we could ever watch growing up with that was a comedy had some some sort of uh, silly reference to Australia that that, that was really re- reductionist, I I'd say, I guess I'd say. It just reduced you guys to a, uh, you yeah, know, some sort of um, one-dimensional thing, you know what I mean? Um, Crocodile Dundee. Well, then Crocodile
2: Dundee is your yeah. biggest export. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Right, that's right. We that's set right. ourselves up for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hopefully it was mutual. Hopefully there was a lot of one dimensional stuff about the US as well in Australia. Uh, because now, I'll tell you what, there's t- there's tons to make fun of for us.
0: Now, even though we are on opposite sides of the world here, we just got to confirm for our audience, you that we're not friends, right? I mean, we, we, it could be possible,
1: but we just want to make sure for our legal department. Is that
2: true? Not the slightest.
1: Oh, no. Good, perfect. good. Yeah, no, that's good. Good, 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 good. The, the audience kind of is, like. <laughs> you know, sighing a breath of relief right now. They were like, this is if they're going this far for this interview, you know, what I mean, they must be friends. So now they're <laughs> <laughs> now they're relieved for sure. Uh, Hugh, you have a wonderful presence on on Instagram with gaming specifically. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Um, your is your handle on Instagram, Hugh?
2: Uh, on Instagram, I go as aqua roll, all mm-hmm. one word with an underscore on the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, how, and, and how do you spell you, that? It. Uh Perfect. L underscore. Awesome,
1: awesome. You you are kind of like deep in the gaming world to present it to um people ranging from amateur to professional involvement in gaming too, just kind of getting all their gaming news and all, all sorts of gaming info, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I like to think that I my main focus is to try and get people sort of on the fringe of the hobby a bit deeper into it. Yeah. So absolutely. I cover it. As wide a range of games as possible.
1: Absolutely, and and I can I can confirm for sure that it's it's your presence basically, your web how you present everything is very welcoming and and something that somebody who knows nothing about gaming could take a look at and go, wow, I'm I'm actually now super interested. Or something who knows everything about you know board gaming or or the board game industry would also can look at everything and go like, aha, now we're talking. That's the stuff for me. So um, yeah, it's great. I really appreciate that personally. Um, oh, cheers. Yeah, um, but tell us a little bit more about your gaming background in, in general, Hugh. Like, what uh, have you always been a, a a board game enthusiast specifically, or was that something that came later in life? Or
2: well, I my family have always enjoyed the cutthroat board game nights. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously, it started out when I was young with Monopoly and Clue and all of that. But yes, I remember once my cousin bought a copy of Carcassonne around, mm-hmm. and it absolutely blew my mind. And yeah. um, I guess that fits in pretty well for the topic of this episode, but... It
1: does uh, indeed. Yes,
2: of course uh, we're covering Carcassonne, Carcassonne was in the castle.
1: Yes, I love it. Hugh, you're the Segway Master, my friend. Um, yeah, we are, of course, talking about uh, Carcassonne, the Castle, in, in this episode, which um, Andrew and I, by this point in the episode, I think people have probably come to the uh, the understanding, the enlightenment that Andrew and I really like this game. Just like you, we also were already big fans of Carcassonne, because it kind of drew us into a little bit more of a deeper of a gaming, you know, just like you said, once we got past Monopoly and Clue and stuff like that, and then we jumped into Carcassonne, it kind of led us you know, a gateway game, basically, into to some deeper games so just like you and as I understand it as well um, you are also a big fan of this specifically this this spinoff Carcassonne the Castle I, I know um, you had said on Instagram that it was a perfect game to wind down with after a long stressful day at work and it was very calming for your soul uh, what do you think that uh, get more into that with us because I, I think I agree with you I do find this game calming but I, I want to try to put my finger on why that is you know what I mean
2: well, I, th- I think Carcassonne in general is, is just one of the, those incredible diverse games where it can be molded to the type of players that are playing it. So it can be really cutthroat or it can be kind of peaceful. But there's yeah. always that built-in stress of, I need this tile. I need this tile for this spot to finish my thing. And that's built into the game no matter what. Yeah. But yeah. with Carcassonne the Castle, it, it loosens a lot of those, those holds. And you're able to sort of build a bit more freely and enjoy Mm -hmm. yourself a bit more, which I, I find very, very calming.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, there was even points during the game, Andrew, where you and I were kind of like looking at what each other were doing on different parts of the board and just kind of like almost helping each other. Just being like, oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. You hey, look at that, like turn that thing because you could actually do this, too. You know what right. I mean? And and so even like you said, Hugh, even more so than in regular Carcassonne, where it's like that, as we've talked about in the episode so far, you kind of have uh, uh, more freedom to build, just like you said, because you don't have to line it up exactly the buildings. Basically, you because it is almost kind of grid like. You just have more options of where to put the tiles. And so it almost allowed Andrew and I to play together even a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that it even seems more conducive to if you want a friendly play, you know what I mean? As opposed to a cutthroat play, you can definitely get it.
2: Yeah, but with the with the confined space as well of the board, it is very conducive to that aggressive play as well if you want to go yeah. that way. Yeah. Yes, yes. Limited. Especially as
1: the game goes on, right? You get closer to each other.
2: Yeah. running in, out of space towards Lim- the end. Limited real estate
1: mm-hmm. there, right? It's uh limited real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And there was even a, a time or two when uh, when I was like, well, you know what? We've been having a good time, Andrew, but I am going to jump into your area and start, you know, start building. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's something you could do at any time too, especially because of the freedom of the building. You could at any time you could go like, oh, it's funny that you're working on that uh, that little house over there. You probably won't mind if I start to you know pack it in with my tower. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> you could <laughs> you could yeah, you could exactly. go friendly and cutthroat within the same you know span of a minute, basically. Uh,
0: I think it's funny here that you brought up that. Carcassonne was kind of your gateway game I think it was kind of the same for me usually people either bring up Carcassonne or it's like Ticket to Ride or Catan we know one of those but after that I mean what are some of your what are some of your favorite games right now I know it's always changing there's new things coming out all the time but uh what are you looking at Uh, these
2: well I go through such a Quick overturn of games, so yeah. I have a lot of games coming in all the time, and I have games going out. But yeah. the games that have always stuck around in my collection and yes. been perennial favorites have always been Twilight Imperium.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I adore that game yes, wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seasons as well has always been oh, up seasons.
1: there. Nice. Uh,
2: Dogs of War as well. Yeah, Dogs of War, I know,
1: is the one that I've been uh, seeing you write about a lot, and it's got me. I'm I don't own that yet, but I'm psyched to play that at some point because of you. Yeah, that, yeah. that's
2: the game I put up on a pedestal for everyone because I I feel it doesn't get played enough or talked about enough. So mm-hmm. I like to put it out there. Concordia as well is one of my is always one that comes to the table.
0: Now, how about specifically two player? Yeah, I see some behind you there. Uh, you know, we, we were talking in the green room. Mandala is one of your favorites. Uh, specifically two-player games. What do, you, what do you think? Is it Carcassonne the Castle's number one? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> right, right.
2: That would be perfect, but unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, I I actually, just like you guys, have very categorized lists of my okay. favorite games as well. So yes, I could probably yes. pull out my top five two-player games for you. But off the top mm-hmm. of my head, it's, it's definitely Mandala at the top. I find that game to be... Absolutely perfect little package. Mm-hmm. Then I'd probably I've been enjoying Can a lot.
1: Oh. Ah.
2: As a two-player head-to-head. It's yes. a very interesting game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like another game that I don't really hear anyone talk about is Limes. Limes.
1: Limes. Oh, yes. I, I think I saw you talk about that recently. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. that's. It's been a game that I, I picked up about a year ago, and I've now got three copies of it. Oh, because wow. You can. The more copies you have, the more people you can play with. So it's turned from a two-player game into a uh, potentially six-player game now. Yeah, um, I love when
1: I love when a designer does that. That's great.
2: Yeah. So that that's been a very addictive time for me and my partner in particular.
0: So how, how does this game work? Uh, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Uh, you're a lime trader, I assume, right? Trading uh, <laughs> citrus fruits.
2: Um, so in limes, you're building your own little uh, domain out in front of you. So it's going to be a four by four grid of cards. Mm. um and it kind of works quite as similar to carcassonne the castle in a way where things don't have to match so you've got different terrains that you're putting down and you're trying to build them out but there isn't that restriction of having to have the perfect match like in normal carcassonne Mm -hmm. and everyone's pulling the same card out of the same deck so in that kahuna kind of style no, Karuba, sorry, Karuba okay. style, where okay. everyone's pulling the same card out. And you're all putting it down. So you're all working with the exact same cards, but by the end, everyone's built a completely different domain in front of themselves. And while you're doing this, you're placing workers in a very Carcassonne style, style well, as well onto different, different terrains, which yes. all score differently at the end of the game. So once everyone's got their four-by-four four grid, you're going to go around and score every single worker you've placed on the board, and whoever has the most points wins. It plays in about... 10 minutes I'd say I was going to say four
0: by four that must be pretty quick
2: yeah so you're only putting 16 cards down total yeah but the choices are agonizing really agonizing (laughs) I really appreciate that
1: this is great. Well, Hugh, this is immediately going on our list of things to cover for sure. As soon as you said placed workers, my eyebrows went whoop, through the roof. Know what I mean? <laughs> and then whenever you say you know scoring with points at the end, oh. Andrew's heart breaks and mine, mine, mine grows three sizes like the Grinch. Know what I mean? So he yeah, loves great. to count up points at the end. I of love to count up points. Sometimes I like it better than the actual game. Know what I mean? Just doing the math at the end.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because Limes has absolutely no player interaction whatsoever the part that we find so addictive about it is beating that high score ah, so aha. we've got a high score that happened probably six months ago and no yes. one's touched it since See, so now we just keep it. playing and playing trying to reach that again
0: mm-hmm. yeah now i kind of like this idea because uh I, I like games where there's not as much Right. this is kind of like when i was in high school and i i I was on the track team and i would i would lose every race but i'd be like well well, at least i beat my personal best
1: that time there you go andrew (laughs) there we go (laughs) i like this here do do you guys um like an arcade machine do you put in like a three letter like name uh when you beat the high score and uh, it's like and it's like butt or something like that or Now, uh, Hugh, I know that you you get deep into games online a- and cover things like your favorite designers and, and favorite mechanics and things like that. And I know that specifically you've always felt like um, Reiner Knizia is one of your favorite, one of your top five designers I've seen you list before. So we talked about how in this game Kanitia essentially came in and took Carcassonne and just made it his own and we feel like he kind of left an indelible mark on on how this game works. Do you feel do you get that sense from Carcassonne the Castle that this is definitely like a Kanitia game? I mean with like the bonus tiles, with like the layered scoring and things like that, does this really kind of reek of Kanitia to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He if there was going to be one designer that I wish Carcassonne was handed off to, to put a twist on, it would have been Reiner. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's always been the king of that tile laying simplicity, but with the agonizing decisions on top of that. So the, the differences that he put into the game or the changes that he put into the game definitely reek of his previous releases.
1: Yes, yes. And I know some people, uh, you know, can't handle it or don't like it because they are so uh, stuck in the old Carcassonne and they go like, what is this new stuff? I, I don't, this isn't Carcassonne, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess I, I have a question for you here, which is why are they wrong? You know what I mean? They, they're dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think we all agree on this call that uh, the changes are are fun. They're different and fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, there's been a million spinoffs of Carcassonne and yeah. Yeah. 90% of them use mostly the same rules. Right. But this one, this one really makes you think differently about how you're playing. And I'd say in a way it, it actually feels more like a completely unique game than it does Carcassonne. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is amazing
1: we agree we think there's everybody's always like uh like like there was tons of reviews that were like why would i play this i'll just play the two-player version of carcassonne and i think andrew and i were just sitting back and going like well both you can do both like just pick another night you know what i mean like it's just they're two very different games you know what i mean so <laughs>
2: what what i think makes this better than playing normal carcassonne with two mm-hmm. players yeah. is yeah. the fact that there is that board wrapping around the outside and there's the limited space
1: mm-hmm. almost
2: every time that i've played two-player carcassonne which is Hundreds of times on the app, and quite a few times in person. People can build their own little districts, and they can keep building out and out and out. Yeah. And the only way for the interaction to come in is if it's mean.
1: Yes, right. But there's right.
2: no actual shared space there, and mm-hmm. Cuckus on the castle pushes you into each other. Yeah. And. I find that very interesting.
1: Absolutely, you don't you don't really have a choice. At some point, you're going to have to interact. You know what I mean? Which I which yeah. I really do appreciate about this as well. Yeah, for sure. And and I just I don't know. I, I I dig the bonus tiles. I know some people are like that's kind of, but it's random and kind of unfair. And it's like, well, that's you know, that's gaming. That's part of board gaming. You know what I mean? Sometimes you you know. I say
0: I, I love random uh, chance in games.
1: That's right, that's right on my alley. So I like guess not for everybody, but
2: I mean, Carcassonne in general is is random.
1: Yeah, I mean exactly. You're flipping tiles. You never know what's going to be under it. You know what I mean? So, and then yeah. and
2: then the the
1: skill is what you do with it after that. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, we do actually play Carcass on the castle today. My partner and I, Ooh, uh, nice. just in preparation for talking about it tonight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How did it go? But we at the end of the game, we found that maybe next time we're going to play with those bonus tiles face up at the start oh, of the game.
1: That's a good idea.
2: Yeah, so you can actually see ahead and try and plan the points for the tiles you want. Yeah. I really
1: like that, Hugh, because um, then you might really be in contention for one specific tile, and it actually makes that race even more heated. You know what I mean?
2: I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Or you might see that someone has an unfinished keep or an unfinished house, and you know they're going to want to score that at the end of the game, yeah. but they need that bonus tile for it. So if you can beat them to it, even better.
1: Yes.
2: Ooh, I like this
0: variation. Andrew, take this note. May, well. This makes the game. Uh, I'll recognize that this g- makes the
1: game more strategic. Um, however, I don't like it. I like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Uh, I like he, surprises. And Andrew, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up yet because Andrew is evangelical about this. He is. Uh, he will tell anybody he can get his hands on, and that and that doesn't call the police because he's got his hands on them. Uh, that that what he what he wants out of a board game is is at the end of the game to flip cards or tiles that will completely change the scoring. He's a madman basically he 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 wants you to essentially play a game uh with a certain understanding and at the end have the possibility of the the understanding of the scoring completely changing which is uh he's i mean i i've tried to get him institutionalized but so far they they say they're all still up up, you know what i mean yeah that's that's one of the things that i love about this game is that
0: at the end it's uh, well actually no i got this oh you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i love to do it on purpose too i love to let yeah Pete count up his score first and he
1: thinks he's won and we like, well actually no. Not, not sure. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. He's essentially, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker, um, but in the board game world, you know, what I mean, which is to say he we- he dresses like a dad. He wears all LL bean, you know what I mean? Instead of like face makeup, he's got uh he's currently got a hat from Hawaii on his head, you know what I mean? So it's, I he's you know what I mean, he's uh, he- that's how he likes to watch the world burn, you know what I mean? Is uh wearing cargo shorts. <laughs>
2: In that kind of area, what games are perfect for you then? Like what games perfectly well, exemplify that?
0: Well, this one for sure. Um And yeah. we're again, we were talking in the green room about this. The uh, another one on our list is the uh, Star Wars Empire versus Rebellion, which has these, um I forget what they're called. They're not scenario cards, but they're uh,
1: they're like goal cards or something like that. Yeah, or that you, yeah, like card that you goal pick, cards that you have
0: cards that you pick at the beginning of the game they're kind of like the ones in, in Carcassonne the Castle that will sort of change something at the end. So you play the whole game and then at the end you reveal your your card and you say well actually I scored, you know, x ex- I scored double for this type of card or there's there's one the, my favorite card in that game is the one that says the person who actually won lost and the person who lost actually won. So you're trying to get a lower score yeah. than your opponent <laughs> the whole game.
1: A- that's an absolutely chaotic card and it's Andrew Andrew sleeps with it on his pillow. Uh <laughs> he t- tucks it tucks it into his pillowcase it and uh, yeah i know
2: (laughs) there's a card in bunny kingdom i don't know if you've played that one
1: i actually have not i know that that's a classic one that people either love or hate but and it seems right up my alley
2: there's a card in that game where it's a secret objective so at the end of the game you're going to flip it over and you go through all of the points that you're getting from that but this one in particular my friend has fallen in love with because he loves chaos much (laughs) like yourself andrew i'm assuming it says you get 10 points if you're in second place
1: Huge. Uh. So it's kind of that
2: fail safe at the end where if you haven't quite won, then that card's going to make you win. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting mechanic.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot because it, it it also gives you a reason. Sometimes you, if you know who the winner is going to be, sometimes you kind of you know check out at the end or whatever, and that gives you a reason to kind of like stay competitive at the end. I'm realizing
0: now that maybe when, if you know your secret, like you said, secret objective. I think that's what it's called in Star Wars, objective cards. Mm-hmm. I think okay. if you know your secret objective the whole time and you're trying to, I like that you're trying to bluff and you're kind of losing on purpose a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I guess my, my total chaotic theory, which I've never really seen in a game, is where... You just play and nobody knows, and you just you just flip it over and you're like, oh, actually I you won. Know, actually, I won. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That that is part of his right. That is part of his master plan is for for no one to know what the outcome will be, which right. is the maybe the most chaotic thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so Hugh, uh, Andrew, and I got to play Carcassonne the Castle basically through tabletop simulator. Like we, it it is out of print currently, so it can be kind of tough to find. You know, like a, a new print of it more or less is. There Is there there a reason you think it's out of print is it just because people don't love it as much as us i guess
2: it hurts it hurts when these games go out of print yeah because i i would love to be able to recommend this to more people and i'd be screaming about it on my instagram page but yeah i I feel it's kind of unfair to rave about these games too often because i know that people just don't have the chance to get them i know Um, i know with Carcassonne, I, I think it might just be the fact that they release so many new versions that they can't possibly keep all of them in print all the time. So
1: yeah, that's a good point. And and so I would assume games that are just for two players probably probably just don't sell as well as games that are, you know, are scalable basically from two to eight or whatever so um yeah so they probably had to get the axe you know what i mean guys like andrew and i you know what i mean who base everything around two-player games just had to hit the bricks basically what's (laughs) new you know what i mean now
0: hugh pete also neglected the other reason why we played on tabletop simulator and we've been doing that now is because we live in america and we're just now being able to come out and uh meet each other in person for the first time in like a year which i understand in australia you guys have done a, a bang up job of uh i don't know maybe your government trust everybody to have self-control uh i'm like <laughs>
2: <laughs> well australia in general has done pretty okay there are still the major cities are still going in and out of lockdown sure but mm-hmm. being on this tiny island south of the mainland
0: uh-huh. oh well, yeah it
2: breezy the whole time that's um, great so you've had so, lots yeah, of game
0: yeah. nights and everything like that
2: yeah i think there was maybe maybe a month mm-hmm. where we weren't allowed to have visitors mm-hmm. it was About uh, that? okay yes, then- yes 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 yeah, it's pretty easy to shut off your borders when you're a tiny little island and yeah just get on with life. So we've had it pretty good. That this is actually nice. my first time using Zoom.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> I had to download Zoom to do
2: this. So Yeah, no way. That that's, been, wow. that's been a mainstay that... of everyone's life for the last year and a half.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, yeah, we've had to because we are a country of people who just cannot care about each other. It's insane. <laughs> it's like we have a separate disease, which is where uh, we just cannot force our the majority of Americans to care about a, a fellow American. It's insane. <laughs> so that sounds nice to be on like a small island of people that actually are nice to each other.
2: <laughs> we we get um, a lot of American news over here, so we actually ah, keep extremely up to date with how things are going over there. Yeah, even even if we don't want to. We, we find mm-hmm. out daily. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hugh, one of the things that I love to see in your social media, you mentioned it earlier that you, your family gamed. And I remember one time I I saw some old pictures um, on your, on your Instagram of you playing with your mother. And I feel like a lot of uh, board game people don't want to put that kind of thing online because they might be kind of like, they want to come off as like real cool. You know what I mean? And they don't want to put a picture (laughs) of them with their mother or whatever. But I think that's great personally. I mean, because Andrew and I are all about the fact, I think that a lot of board gaming has kind of like lost sight of the fact that it's just about having a fun time with the people that you care about the most, basically. You know what I mean? Is there, I wanted to ask you specifically about board gaming with your mom. Is there one game or two games that you go to more, more often when you're around your mom and you
2: guys want to board game together? I wouldn't say this particular game. She's, she's pretty open to learning most games. Yeah. Um, we, we actually did a trip to America together. Uh, we did mm-hmm. the West coast of America together about probably seven or eight years ago. Oh, great. Um, and I put together a little travel package of games where I, I fit about eight different games into the Seven Wonders Jewel Box, yes. and we took those along with us the whole time. And she was playing, yeah, all sorts of games, like the Bloody Inn, yeah. which she got quite into. And oh, I think the, the photo that you saw on Instagram was probably us playing Five Tribes. I
1: think so, yeah.
2: Where she constantly whoops me out, so... <laughs>
1: That's yeah, great. No. I don't think my mother would uh, even be able to look at, I think if she looked at a modern game for too long, I think her head would spin. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it that your mom's right there with you. That's great.
2: Yeah, the one. whole family gets together. We we love it. We we play at Christmas and all family gatherings. There's always, it's time to pull out the board games. So then yes. I pull out the massively oversized bag of games. And yes. Yeah, and they're different. like, oh, Hugh,
1: come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Hugh, this has been great talking to you, my friend. Uh, we really had a, a great time whoa, and catching whoa, up with my you, friend. Oh, whoops! <laughs> oh no, oh, Pete! No. What did you just do? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I'm <it. laughs> Furiously um, lo- looking up editing software as we, <laughs> as we <talk. laughs> well, Hugh, my acquaintance. It's been great talking with you, um, and and thank you so much again for giving us this time. And and uh, and we can't wait to talk to you again. And we got to set up maybe a game night or something like that soon. And I personally can't wait to see you know what comes out next on on all of your 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 gaming coverage basically. So uh, once again, where should people find you? Um, I know your Instagram is beautiful looking. So um, what's uh, the, what's your handle on Instagram again?
2: Thank you very much for all the compliments. <laughs> I'll take those. Uh, yeah. I am Aquaroll, mm-hmm. which is a q u a r o underscore on Instagram. Terrific. Um, I post pretty frequently, so at least every couple of days, and I release a new top five every few days as well, uh, awesome. covering different topics. But yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. This has yeah. been awesome. This is my first foray into the podcast world. You're like a yeah. Pro. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> thanks, everybody. That's Hugh Aquarola. Hugh, thanks again. Thanks. See ya.
2: Okay, well, that was uh,
0: tons of fun here, but we we got to get going on with our next segment here. Do You have any had any good dental work done recently? <laughs> any good <laughs> dental work done recently? Yeah, didn't you notice? Notice what? I I just got my expanders out. I just got my expanders out i'm constantly having my expanders put
1: in and then taken out just so i can say that on this show it's real expensive (laughs) how can how convenient andrew uh as this is our segment where we talk about expansion packs that we think that they should make for this game andrew so uh, what do you think you got you got any expansions in mind for this one
0: well like we said there is one expansion that we talked about earlier the falcon and the winter soldier as i've been calling it in my head okay yeah (sighs) right uh it's all about raising falcons right uh i came up with a better idea okay and here's it i am actually pretty proud of this idea see what you think okay i call this uh maybe it's called like invaders or something this turns it into um well actually when i was doing research about the real life carcassonne they kept talking about how uh the castle has a strategic advantage because it's up on the high ground right and people would always build castles up on the high ground a la obi-wan kenobi right so Obi-Wan i was... Kenobi
1: would have built this castle on the high ground yeah exactly exactly so, I'm thinking Don't that, try it! That's <laughs> right. what you say to everybody. Everybody, you, the, the, your enemies are, like, on the horizon, and you're yelling out, like, don't try it! Right. I was trying to think of a... It's over! Thought. It's done! Whatever he said. So, I'm thinking we're going to add a
0: cooperative element to this game, okay? So, there are Ooh. people... There are people... The, the game board has to be expanded now, and there are people who are attacking the castle walls, okay? Yeah. And so, they're advancing... Uh, towards the castle, and so you might have to spend some of your turns to fight off those attackers somehow, knock them back. Okay, so maybe there's I like, like it. maybe there's like dice or cards or something that every round you like do that, and then they move forward a certain amount. So you're not sure how much they're going to move forward, and then if they yeah. get too close in a certain you know up up against the walls or whatever, once they get to a certain zone, then they start destroying tiles and, and somehow there'd be some way to pick which tiles get destroyed so you don't know if it's going to be yours oh, or your
1: tiles right yeah maybe it's like a trebuchet or a catapult and it, it's going to land on your tile kind of thing. <laughs> right
0: it's so it's it's like usually it. it's usually in both of your interests to sort of beat them back so now you've got a yes. game that's competitive, but it's also cooperative. It's like, all right, well, if we so you have to negotiate. Like, well, okay, I'll I'll do it on this turn if you promise that you're also going to do it on your next turn or whatever, and then you can be like, oh, sure, and then you don't, and if it, you know, and then
1: you're both up the up the river, you know, right. without a paddle, right? Or not. Andrew, I love it right you like that idea i think it's actually pretty cool i think it's great i think i would play that right now andrew that sounds great yeah i'm also proud of mine andrew so you know carcassonne has expansions like in in and cathedrals traders yes. and builders you know what i mean that kind of theme you know what i mean right now this is inside a castle andrew so how about stable muckers and grave diggers huh? how about that you know, stable stable muckers, not to be confused with stable smuckers, which is a novelty brand of jam for horses, Andrew. Okay. Stable muckers, of course, clean the waste, the muck, you know what I mean, that the horses make in the stable. And that's important to any, you know, medieval castle, city, you know what I mean? So Right. maybe, maybe you can decide to devote a meeple to mucking a stable, you know, that you turn up, you know what I mean? A mucking and meeple right mm-hmm all these mucking meeple in here jeez Louise. and every card that you flip every, every tile that you flip up that has a stable on it from there on out maybe you put like dung counters on it you know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> right and okay. instead of playing a tile you can choose to take a dung counter off mm-hmm. on on your turn you know what i mean so it's right. like you're you're denying yourself the ability to, to like play a meeple on to to get points from like buildings or whatever by playing a tile but instead you know you're you're getting rid of some some of the dung you know that's piling up and maybe the more dung you take off during the game the higher score you get something like that You know what i mean this is uh i mean it's kind of funny it's
0: dung and all that the name is funny but that's actually not a bad mechanic i I'm think i'm
1: telling you, know, you yeah it's, telling not, you. it's not it's not too bad and how about the grave diggers andrew how about these guys they're important, too, you know what I mean? Because people be dying back then, Andrew, you people, know what I mean? Right, at, a pretty it's... High, at a pretty high clip. Um, They're dying all the time back in those days, I'd say. Right. If you lived in a castle, like if you, if you, imagine if you got reincarnated and you went back in the past or something like that, I don't know if that's how reincarnation works, and you open your eyes and you go, oh, no, suddenly you realize you're in a castle, you know what I mean? You go, I'm about, I'm going to die, you know what I mean? <laughs> no hospitals, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Right. Now, so in this particular expansion, Andrew, if you flip a graveyard tile, you can devote a meeple to be a grave digger, you know what I mean? And then um you can choose on a turn to either have them put another body in the graveyard, you know what I mean, from like a starting pile of uh, a bank, if you will, of of bio, of bodies or something like that. Oh, great. And okay. the more that you bury, you know, the more their worth basically so the grave if the grave diggers doing their job and they're right. you know, keep, keeping up with the bodies you know what i mean that'll be points at the end so right so uh we're
0: talking poop and dead bodies this is gonna this is gonna fly off the shelves here i like this one
1: it's it's realistic andrew that's what i'm trying to say it's the gritty you know it's the gritty reboot of carcassonne so now, much like in Carcassonne, where it's fun
0: to combine all the different expansions, stack them on top of each other, we could do that with ours. And you could have the invaders, um, you know, and th- you might be relieved if they destroy your, what's it called,
1: your muck house, your muckery? Really, it's the stable is what is full of right, muck. The stable. So you don't want right. to destroy it in your stables, though.
0: Well, but if you've already mined some muck out of there and gotten the points for it, then
1: you don't really, because then you don't have to worry about, you know, mining all that muck or whatever yeah i mean i guess from the point of view of the stable mucker that might be a, a good thing but i mean be Put killing out of a misery. bunch of horses andrew which is pretty oh so maybe, yeah, maybe they're not maybe, if, maybe they're not in such good shape
0: maybe if the invaders come and start attacking then the dead bodies start really piling up and then it just overloads your and your the grave digger.
1: yeah yeah that wouldn't be good either yeah this is great they're they play really well together i think i think so yeah all right and reach, then also, reach out to us, Rio Grande, you know what I mean? Also,
0: there's falcons flying around for some reason. I love it. Also falcons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. it, it sounds like the city is just like, just totally just going to hell, and then the prince is still up there just messing around with falcons. Just being like, oh, yeah.
1: This is a medieval city, Andrew. This is what it would look like. Poop all over the place, dead bodies all over the place, and the prince is flying a falcon over near your head. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm there, you know? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in time, you know? (laughs) Well, Andrew, it's funny you say that. Yeah? Because let's go back in time for this next segment, uh, aptly called Neanderthals.
2: Neanderthals.
0: Okay, so we're saying that we're going back in time to prehistoric times, right? And the cavemen insist that you show them your board games. So are we gonna show them this
1: one? Why or why not? What do you think, Pete? I'm gonna say nah, Andrew. Ne- oh. I don't think I don't think the cavemen would even get this one at all, <laughs> Andrew, for multiple reasons. First of all, I think they'd have trouble even grasping what a building is, let alone a right. walled place that has multiple buildings inside it. Hello, what is this? The inception of buildings? You know what I mean? They probably <laughs> they haven't even seen a Christopher Nolan movie. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that blows their mind <laughs> then yeah imagine imagine if cavemen watched you know inception or uh, <laughs> memento imagine imagine a caveman watched memento for the first time it would, uh, it would kill him uh andrew probably they, any so movie would do lost. that to a, <laughs> any movie would do that
0: to a caveman but yeah go ahead
1: <laughs> you know the whole story about the people the first they watched the first movie and it was a train coming towards them they all jumped out of the way oh yeah the yeah theater. it's like if that happened for uh to cavemen, they wouldn't jump out of the way cuz they'd go what is this? I don't even know what this <laughs> they I don't know what a train is, you know what I mean? Right. I was, oh, was going to make a similar joke like yeah you, some, you
0: showed them like, you know, man walking across the street like or whatever and it's like they're walking across at like super super speed, you know, all fast and there's piano music <laughs> going on in the background. They'd be like blow their mind and be like wow i get it yeah. now okay so the so the guy
1: was like <laughs> in a dream right and then it's like yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah Caveman uh film majors you know what i mean going nuts right. yeah andrew so they're already lost <laughs> is what i'm saying okay and then you're keeping score with like an abstract math written along what are supposed to be the walls of this castle so they are you know they're lost there too you know what i mean then you got markets they've never even heard about a market let alone invested in the you know the stock market you know what i mean right and maybe the most maybe the most confusing thing andrew i think for a caveman is that the whole thing is a bird's eye view of a castle courtyard you know what i mean Uh... and i i bet i bet nobody they've ever known in their life has even gotten higher than at the most like a tree's height above the ground you know what i mean right bird's height you know So, honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if most cavemen haven't gotten higher than a foot off the ground just by jumping. You know what I mean? So I think they'd be lost on the bird's-eye view looking down on a a castle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they've looked over a cliff at something. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I was going to say, they looked over a cliff and... uh... And then an anvil fell on
0: their head, but their body stayed up for a few seconds and they held up a little sign that said like,
1: you know, bye bye or something like that. And then they went. Yeah, Mm -hmm, Yeah.
2: mm -hmm.
1: that sounds like a yeah, that might have happened to them. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. That's a possibility. But yeah, so I just don't think you'd be able to also then convince them that these are all flat depictions of 3D structures. You know what I mean? However, the meeples, I do think they would get the meeples and that they would love those, Andrew, because I think they would immediately look at those and go, this is us. This us. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Right. And they would love those things because they loved carving statues of, you know, men and women and stuff like that. Very, you know, uh, like fertility, you know what I mean? Statues, that's probably what they would use it for. You know what Uh. I mean? I think they would just throw all the tiles in the river and they would just walk away looking at the meeple going this is now this this is good stuff
0: right and then we'd fast forward <clears throat> fast forward to today and for some reason everybody's calling them like M- meat or something like that or you know they have some different. or names. they're just
1: calling them maybe they got named so you know long ago that now we just still call them like Ugg uggs or whatever you know right, what I mean? right. uggs yeah and then uggs Boots yeah, are called, yeah, they got, og, right. They get they boots call are called them meeples. Uggs, right. And right. then so ugs uh, boots can't call their boots Uggs anymore. So of course they land on meeples. Yeah, good right. point. Perfect, and then so yeah. it's real trendy. Somebody says, "Can you pass me my you know meeples on their way out?" Right. Uh, what is this a bizarro world we just created, Andrew? <laughs> this is like a Twilight Zone episode. My, my teen, <laughs> my tweet, my tween daughter is asking for her meeple boots. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yep, everybody's thinking, everybody's, it's
0: it's like a Christopher Nolan movie or something. All right, so uh, you would not show them uh, Carcassonne the Castle. I would. I would definitely show Neanderthals this game. Wow. I just want to speed things along a little bit here, all right? Give them the idea. See, you're saying that they're not going to understand buildings. I'm just, I'm going to teach them, okay? That's, I'm going to explain a little bit, you know. Uh, You you think that they can't understand it? I think they can with a little bit of coaxing. And so I think that... This will get them building structures a little bit sooner. And by the way, I am also really what I'm definitely doing is I'm definitely showing them the expansion of the Falcon, <clears throat> because yeah. then they're gonna they're gonna just think that you know they're gonna really get into having falcons as pets. And so then I think if you fast forward to the future, now it's very commonplace for everybody to have pet falcons. Uh, instead of mm-hmm. dogs, right? Because then c- cavemen were the okay. ones who domesticated wolves to become wolves? dogs, right? So wow. we're going to be domesticating falcons, and then you're going to have all kinds of different breeds of falcon. And I personally, I would much rather have. I'm, I'm not. Dogs are great, but not for me. I would much rather have a falcon than a dog. I just think it's. Uh, I think it'd be so cool, right? Wouldn't it be so cool to have a pet falcon that wouldn't.
1: Yeah, and you bite know what? They would probably. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think that would be cool to have a falcon, and they and they would work for the family a little bit more like a dog uh, generally just kind of like lays in the sunshine and eats your food. You know what I mean? But a Falcon I... would like bring you, bring you at home dinner. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, you could send them, it's like a carrier pigeon. You could
0: send messages with them. Maybe, I don't know. Probably are falcons the fastest animal on earth am i thinking of that i think a falcon is like they what they, they what dive a crazy pull? where did you hear that okay i'll believe you you sound very confident about it i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they are because everybody says cheetah but it's uh falcon is faster in the air i think is falcon wow. and the winter soldier of course is falcon the fastest Uh-oh. animal peregrine falcon is known for its diving speed which can reach more than 300 kilometers an hour or 186 miles per hour making it not only the world's
1: fastest bird but also the world's fastest
0: animal there you go
1: but it's diving speed which it doesn't do for prolonged periods of time just does it real quick and then gets out of there but yeah (sighs) wow well interesting yeah because you could probably train a falcon to just like imagine you're you're in a you know, in a bar fight with somebody, you know what I mean, and then you're, and then you, you do the classic, uh, you know, you go to punch him or whatever, but instead your Falcon dives at him, you know what I mean, and hits yes. him the other direction, you know what I mean? Yes. Now that's a superhero and, movie. I and then their body, you know, crumples up like an accordion, and they uh, get a sign. <laughs> <laughs> they they have a sign that says "Bye bye." Yeah.
0: And then the falcon is like, you know, eh, it's a living. You know. it's a living. It <laughs> <laughs> goes home and is like washing dishes under the sink or something. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> the cavemen are like using the falcon as like a vacuum cleaner. Eh, it's a living.
1: Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, we really lost the plot on that one. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I don't know how the I don't know how the falcons ended up becoming a a vacuum, but. Uh... Well, Flintstones, Neanderthals,
0: it all works out. Anyway, go
1: ahead. Andrew, one thing I do know is I got to ask you this question. Yes. Two could play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but should
2: they?
0: Okay, so you're talking about uh, how sure are we that two people should play this game from zero to 100%. 100%, of course, being the best and zero being mm-hmm. the worst, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I was thinking about this. Uh, of course, I think it's going to be high for both of us here. Uh, I love Carcassonne, and this game is similar, but definitely a brand new twist on it. I love the trying to pick up the tile and seeing what you get. I mean, that's that's huge for me. Any kind of like secret bonus at the end that your opponent doesn't know about—it's very Munchkinly. If you ever played Munchkin, I think that's the same in the same mm-hmm. realm as that game. Um, I just love that kind of mechanic. Um, it bothered me a little bit with trying to finish off the buildings. Like I said, it's just different. It bothered my brain a little bit because I'm so used to playing regular Carcassonne. But again, I think it's just different. So I don't... I'm not going to hold that against it. I... I don't know. I just... I guess the only thing missing for me is... Like we said, again, I think the Falcon probably adds a bit to it, but I think if we had some more expansions, the thing that I really love about Carcassonne is stacking on the expansions on top of one another, and it gets really crazy and all kinds of different things to think about um, as you go. So I think if this one had a few more expansions, I might be a little bit more into it, but it's definitely great. Uh, I'm going to go 86% sure, so pretty good. Pretty good for me, 87%. yeah percent. Yeah,
1: that's good, Andrew. Andrew, I'm gonna go ninety-five percent sure. Wow, I really you... had a blast, Andrew. Wow. I had a blast playing this. Yeah, I already like Carcassonne as we as we talked about. Um, and I thought this was a brand new twist on it that um, everything, every new twist that they added, I thought was cool. Was made it into a, a really cool two-player version. So, I'm down with it. Know what I mean? The the fact that you don't have to line up the buildings perfectly, you know, like with like the borders or whatever, like you have to do with the cities in um Hmm. in the base Carcassonne, ultimately means that there are more options to choose like you have more more places you can place a given tile. Which really makes you have to sit and think about it for a second, which which I love, you know what I mean? Um, because mm-hmm. like in the base carcassonne uh, original game, um, you basically are like, some sometimes you'd you'd have that moment where you'd flip a t- tile and go like, well, I could really only put this one of two places, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which was kind of limiting, you know what I mean? Um, and in this one, you flip it up and you're like, okay. I could put this eight different places, which is the best place to place it. You know what I mean? And I thought that was a really cool um, element to it, even though I know some people don't like that, but I think that's great personally. And um, those wall tile bonuses, um, bonus tile things that you get uh, are great because it's a whole factor of delayed gratification um, and balancing the bigger scores of like continuing to just keep build the building versus. Closing off uh, those buildings mm-hmm. to get to the tiles early, so I think that's a balance that's really cool game to play. And I uh, and there's also really cool multiple ways to consider going about getting a score, whether you go for those bonus tiles, whether you just keep building like big towers which are worth a lot, or whether you build a big house because if you have the biggest house at the end of the game, you have right. you have what's called the biggest keep, quote unquote, and then you score points equal to the unused spaces because at the end of the game you are going to have some negative space in this castle um based on the number of tiles there are there is going to be a mass somewhere in the map or whatever where there aren't tiles and so you could end up with a big bonus that way as well um so i think that multiple ways of scoring is really cool and I think that it just all adds up to making this one feel yet again, Andrew, like a knife fight in a telephone booth. I really <laughs> think I really I really felt like because of the constraint of the borders, you know what I mean, we were we had to be building in a lot of the same areas, I felt like a lot of that the time. is true. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um and you're watching like your opponent score go up on the track and you're sweating and you're looking for a way to finish a building and you're calculating whether you can wait another round or two rounds to finish a building or a road to maybe leapfrog them and then get the, be the first one to snatch the bonus tile. You know what I mean? Or maybe you got to end it now because you don't think you'll be able to end it in time kind of thing. But I just, I don't know. I think that's all very cool elements that exist only in this game. You know, that knife
0: fight in a, in a telephone booth thing, that is a big, I didn't even really think about it till now. That is a big element of it is that in Original carcass zone. You can kind of play off on your own area and kind of do your own thing, and maybe people won't yeah. notice. But in this one, you're yeah. you're kind of forced. It's kind of like as much as I've joked about uh, Fortnite, it's kind of like that where where that's kind of forcing you close to each other. You it's forcing you to engage yeah. with with each other. You know?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So I was pleasantly surprised that uh, this one kind of had some new elements to it. I definitely thought that this was just going to be a, a rehash of the old one, but it
1: had some new things to it. Fun. It's not it's it's not only is it distinct within the Carcassonne universe from the other games it, it, you know in the same line of games it's also just a very distinct game amongst games too and I I yeah. don't know man I I I really dug it I the experience I thought was really cool and I had a lot of fun with you like figuring out the game and watching it unfold and stuff like that too which was good so anyway Andrew I'm going to give it a 95 you're giving it an 86 let's go ahead and run to our leaderboard and find out where that means it falls amongst all the games we've reviewed so far.
2: Leaderboard.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm out of breath here. I just ran over to the leaderboard. And uh, let's see, it's a giant... Oh, yeah, is...
1: sorry about that, Andrew. I forgot to tell you, I moved the leaderboard, um, you know, 100 miles away into the, <laughs> you know...
0: It's a gigantic like, leaderboard, so everybody can see it. Like at one of those golf tournaments where they move the numbers around up there. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I got to like yeah. reach way up with a pole to like move the numbers and add something else on mm-hmm. there. Uh, Carcassonne the Castle, you said 95, I said 86. And that's going to average out to a final score of 90.5%
1: sure the two people should play this game. Well, well, well andrew that means this one is currently sitting at number four it's in our it cracked it finally one cracked our top five again andrew here it moved targi out of the top five andrew because patchwork is sitting at number five and android netrunner still sitting at number three so mm. sorry i you know i like targi too i like it a lot but carcassonne the castle gave it the boot this time uh. i think that's appropriate
0: yeah, mm, yeah not for me i love Targy. i think that that one deserves to be a little higher but hey you know we, mm. we uh for the matter, yeah patchwork is still great android netrunner i'm looking at my personal scores here i scored that one 87 i scored this one 86 i never look at this beforehand uh, maybe I should calibrate myself more. I don't know. What do you think? Because uh, I feel like I like this one better
1: than Android Netrunner, but maybe not. I don't know. Totally different game. It's been a while since we played Android Netrunner. It's a totally different game. I, we had a lot of fun with that one, too, my friend. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a lot of flavor going on in that game, I think. Yeah, uh, you're I right. think you would. I think you would get right back into that. Honestly, I think that's one of those ones where, remember, if you'll remember, that was one of those ones where if we had just taken a different step in our life know what i mean we would have been yeah we we would have we would have been sinking thousands of dollars into that game know what i mean yes instead of into carcassonne like i have right so that's yeah yes exactly (laughs) buying all your carcassonne booster packs and stuff like that (laughs) it's like oh i just got the prince's you know uh i just got uh the prince's sword of uh, sort of necromancy, or I don't
0: know. Right now, wouldn't that be cool if Carcassonne was a trade instead of a trading card game? It was like a trading tile game. And you could just get like random booster packs of tiles, and it all. Had I think different that's cool. Things. That'd be cool, right? I think it's cool. That'd be real cool. Uh, speaking of speaking of cool, <laughs> are we cool? Are we cool? Yeah, so after playing this game, are we still cool? How many points did our friendship go up or down? Much like a game, our friendship is measured in victory points. So we
1: got to check. That's right. Yeah, what do you say, Pete? Andrew, I'm going to say we went up by four points, Andrew. I really... We were... I thought we were having fun. I was, at least, Andrew, this one. And I was even like, we were looking at each other's boards, and we were looking at what each other were building, and we were like, wow, that's cool. If you do that, it's going to do that. And oh, look at that. If you're going to do that, it's, it's going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so... I felt like it, even though this is like very like head to head, you know what I mean, and it's 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 a duel, you know what I mean. It's it's definitely like a fencing fight or whatever for points. It's still very cool to watch. Be, Carcassonne is just cool, you know what I mean. You're just putting <laughs> tiles next to each other and you're building these buildings and it's all unfolding in front of you. And so I think there's just a built-in excitement to even see what your opponent's doing too, and then be like, oh, all right, I see what you're doing there, you know what I mean. So well, and.
0: It's like you read my notes. I was going to say the same thing. It's like I, we were. I was almost rooting for you also sometimes to be like, oh well, you mm-hmm. can do that, you know. Um, but also at the end of the game, you get to step back and look at this city that you've just created together. and Be like, hey, we we built that together, yeah. you know. Win yep. or lose, we we both built that nice looking city, and it's different
1: every time. And it's different every time. Yes, so, Andrew, we're on the same wavelength. Yes, yeah, and yeah,
0: in yeah. fact, we are we are so on the same wavelength like, that I also said plus four on our friendship. wow <laughs> oh yes! Oh
1: my gosh! We are definitely cool after this one. So uh, that's awesome. amazing, Andrew. Well, let uh, you know what? Let's let's quit while we're ahead, Andrew. You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta end on these positive vibes, baby. Let's get the For heck sure. out of here and maybe go get a, a Dairy Queen Blizzard to celebrate <laughs> uh, our friendship all right. or something. <laughs> I'm all in on that. That sounds great. Yeah, now we're talking. So tune in next time, unless you get another friend. Oh, that's right. In
0: which case, you're gonna to want to tune into a different podcast. It's called Three uh, and D.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's where they talk about the NBA role players as well as board games. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like when you when you need the guy that can shoot the three, but also defend. You know what I mean? Oh, so so role player. So it's kind of like it's kind of like
0: uh, how you need like a, a knight and a mage and uh and a and a, an a elf or whatever like role oh playing.
1: i see you're thinking of like larping uh, right
0: you know yeah yeah well, no yeah. no like dnd or something like that you know like you said role playing and all of a sudden i was like wait what
1: yeah oh okay i got you i don't yeah, know anything right. about NBA, basketball nba role players uh right. r-o-l-l is what you're talking about yeah <laughs> Instead of R O L E, yeah, I can. That's honestly, maybe that is a you know uh, a Twitter account or something like that, or or even just uh, some sort of uh, show that they could put on TNT. Oh, now we're talking.
0: Okay, I
1: yeah, I don't know anything about basketball. Ted Turner, you know what I mean? Uh, Get at me, Ted Turner, or whatever. You know, is Ted Turner even
0: still? Ted Turner still alive?
1: Is he well? One is he alive? Two is he even? does he even do anything anymore? Is he just being rich? Or just be, just continue being a parasite on uh, society, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably paying no taxes or whatever, or just... Anyway. So, Andrew, the board, the podcast where the NBA guy and also board game is was that idea, and uh, NBA t- tune podcast. into that one. Board game. If podcast. you... <laughs> if for three. Well... That's it. That's going to be it. That's going to be it for this one, my friend. All right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You
0: know what I mean?